Neat Stuff Podcast, episode 31. Welcome to the Neat Stuff Podcast. My name is Devin. And this is Tyson. Hi, this is Shree. Our mother. Aww. You guys are disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> we are here in... In, uh, in front of the Pacific Rim Books facade at New York, New York in downtown Vegas. Yep. Or actually, not downtown Vegas, as we'll soon find out. Yes. Uh, we decided, or we had to come over to Vegas to come see, well, not Vegas, Vegas, but we flew into Vegas and went to Pahrump. Yeah, which is about an hour west of Vegas and is probably one of the more boring places you could possibly go to. Yes, it's very monochrome. Everything is the same color. It's a perfect place for a grandfather to live. It just, remi- it just reminds me out of, you know, of what is it, Resident Evil or some apocalyptic movie. It's the perfect color. Windmill people. I hate windmill people. (laughs) Exactly. But we're on vacation, quote unquote, you know, flying around, seeing the sights. We spent most of the day with our grandfather and then decided to come into Vegas because my mother, the... um, The responsible one, the... Yes, the wise and all-powerful, all-knowing, who has never made any mistakes in her life whatsoever. And you guys are speaking bullshit. (laughs) Has not actually gone to Las Vegas before in her many travels across the country. Trying really hard not to say that she's old. I'll kick you. So one of the things we realized is that Las Vegas is a really neat place. And weird. I mean, just th- the fact that it exists at all is a marvel of human engineering, ingenuity, and insanity, really, when you get right down to it. Yeah, it, you know, it's one of the things that Vegas is a one of those amazing American stories that's just... That it shouldn't exist. Yes, that so many things had to happen just correctly in order for Vegas to be the way it is right now, and... When you look at it, everything kind of makes a twisted sort of sense, but you can write historical dis- dissertations, PhDs about the history of Vegas and how it actually started from a little meadow with some water to the sort of metropolis that it is now. Yes, it is the fairyland of neon. So one of the interesting things about Vegas is that it was originally discovered by some Spanish explorers, and they named it the Meadow, which is what Las Vegas means. And it was important because there was water here. And when you're in the middle of a desert, water is more important than gold, silver, or anything else. Or borax. And neon. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it started as just a small little area out in the middle of nowhere. The Mormons came and tried to set up a fort and realized it was really hard. So they left. And then the, then the US government said, hey, we'll give you farmers free land if you go out there and farm. And so crazy farmers went out there and did what they did. They farmed a bunch. And failed miserably. Yes, and died of dysentery multiple times. <laughs> but new farmers came to take their place. And eventually, Las Vegas became a little town. So it wasn't until the railroad 
came by and to connect Las Vegas to Salt Lake that they decided, hey, Las Vegas has a lot of water, so let's stop here to refuel. And thus, it became an important town. So, you know, as with uh, many American cities, that Vegas was one of those that started, you know, had traditional gambling and brothels and, you know, you know, the normal run-of-the-mill kind of entertainment for the of the Wild West, you know, like you do. And it wasn't until Prohibition came around that pushed a lot of that stuff underground. And that was when the mob really started to show up in Vegas because, hey, organized crime, let's organize some booze and organize some whores and let's have a wonderful time. And But it wasn't until the Depression kicked in and the U.S. government decided to make to, or decided to build Hoover Dam that really kind of set the course of Vegas and really set it up to be kind of the mecca that it is today. Because when, when Hoover Dam needed to be built, they needed a bunch of workers, predominantly men. And a bunch of men away from women working day in, day out on hard labor, what do you think they want to do when the sun goes down? Ale and whores. Exactly. So once Prohibition went away, they started having, you know, more legitimate gambling places and more legitimate, you know, well, prostitution was still illegal. So more legitimate gambling and booze and, and a lot of those, those things. And they realized it was such a great source of income that they started handing out gambling licenses. And it was a pretty amazing thing. Um, and what's interesting is that Hoover Dam, once it was completed, its first customer was Las Vegas. And that was the birth of the neon sign. Neon! And the birth of the city you can see from space. Yep, and, and that's the interesting thing about, about Vegas is that once they had the power, they had the water, and it just grew from there. So they had years of... You, you can't underestimate the cool uh you know with the you know post uh world war ii hollywood explosion all the singers and the actors were coming to vegas the rat pack you know oceans 11 i mean that whole scene they loved vegas and vegas loved them and in a lot of ways they made vegas yeah that it was and what's interesting is that the mob really didn't get into Vegas all that much. Um, it was a traditionally, you know, very powerful family businesses were running all the casinos. And it wasn't until, you know, until the Flamingo opened that the Vegas, that the mob was really able to get in. And they had to get, you know, this weird sort of collection between Mormon businessmen and Jewish and Sicilian mobsters who came together and made this, like, weird little underground of of you know vice was it Muggsy Malone one of the first real mobsters that came to Vegas and he was done in by his own and then they took over yes or so we've been told <laughs> See, the, sorry, sorry. it's allegedly well, no. or so we've been told it could be wrong but... hey it was in the movies how could, wrong could it be <laughs> because you always can trust everything that's in the movies. Oh, yes. So what happened is that after, after a while, the corporations were like, hey, we can make a ton of money in Vegas by opening up giant casinos. And they started kind of having this 
growth of the mega resort and big shows and entertainment because Vegas has always had a history of big shows because they always had hundreds and thousands of people that they had to entertain that they really took the casino model of you know a small ta you know one or two cards tables maybe a craps table maybe a baccarat table and exploded it into hundreds of tables and thousands of patrons at once slot machines basically yes slot machines and video poker as far as the eye can see and that's kind of the history of Vegas, is just the mega casinos came in, they started building, and it just kind of went from there. But one of the really interesting things about Vegas, if you, you know, that this clash of cultures and different controlling interests and, you know, economics and big business and lots and lots of money, is that things went kind of wonky when you really think about the city of Las Vegas. Because when you look at a map, the city of Las Vegas is like this little tiny bit of downtown, and then it sort of oozes to the west and north. And it's kind of like, you know, like a goldfish kind of thingy, I don't know. It oozes like, you know, lichen or moss kind of spreads out across the, uh, the desert. The, but once you get a few blocks south of downtown, the city of Las Vegas ends. And a new unincorporated township called Paradise begins. And that's actually what holds the Strip and the airport and a lot of the surrounding area was because, you know, people love evading taxes. And if you're not part of a town or not part of a city, you don't have to pay the city taxes. So it's just weird kind of just weird weirdness that happens that allows the group of casino owners to basically control their own little paradise of, and you know, tax haven essentially so so now that you know sort of the history of vegas let's talk a few, let's talk let's move our discussion more to what to do in vegas well if you've got the money there's the shows and honestly if you can take them in there's cirque du soleil there's the blue man group there's comedians and singers galore uh, lots of musicians who have kind of set up shop in Vegas and our fixtures uh, like this recent time through Celine Dion and Faith Hill, Tim McGraw, all of those kind of set up shop as fix, uh, permanent musical fixtures. And then of course there's the comedians, uh, there's the you know uh, chorus girls. I mean there's you know the burlesque. There's a wide range of shows that pretty much whatever you're interested in. There's probably a show for you. There's one even called Bite, which is classic rock, topless vampires. Yeah, and that's really what, what is famous for Vegas is that they are a town full of people wanting to entertain you in one way or another. Uh, the thing that I was surprised about is that Vegas closes down so early. I mean, the bars stay open, the casinos stay open, but shopping or anything on the strip just totally closes down. Yeah. Other than a handful of restaurants, you know, it's pretty hard to find food after 11 that's still open. You know, it's not as common as I thought it would be coming from Portland. And we have the whole, you know, the food cart culture in downtown that if you go down to the bars, you know, you walk a couple blocks and there's a dozen food carts ready to serve you whatever. It's little slim pickings around here, which was surprising to me, honestly. 
You know, and I think that a lot of that comes from just the way that that Vegas is set up. It's kind of like a tag team of entertainment that in the morning it's, you know, going out on adventures and tours and get up in helicopters or go flying and go out around the area in the afternoon. You come back and do all the shopping and some of the shows and that kind of stuff. And then in the evening, it's booze and hookers. Yeah. And gambling. And gambling. And gambling. Well, the gambling is an omnipresent uh, force. No matter where you are, no matter what time it is, there's gambling. And they went bigger and better and huge and ostentatious. But the thing is, then you have to walk. There's a lot of distance between one spectacle to the other. Fremont Street, on the other hand, where we went last night, is like four blocks, and the strip is like packed into it, which was kind of more interesting and had a lot more energy than the strip on a Sunday night at 11 o'clock. And, you know, it's, it's an interesting kind of mix of different places because all these different themed hotels and casinos are you know there's the Luxor which is the Egyptian themed there's the Caesar's Palace which is Roman themed then there's the Bellagio. the Bellagio which is like Venetian yeah Venetian themed there's a Paris place there's you know there's the, a Venetian <laughs> there's the MGM that's all movies and whatnot but yeah yeah and there's even like you know Prada places in the funky building that's kind of weird uh, and the, the, the aria it, it is a bane of my existence it is two towers that they twist and they're, they're not straight up and down they're at angles and they kind of twist slightly and if you're not expecting it and you're somewhat intoxicated it can be really disorienting cool i think they were neat i want to sit in the green building and look at the blue building sideways <laughs> but yeah they've got a very, very posh, very fashionable uh, mall with all clean lines and, you know, uh, precision curves and whatnot. Yeah, I was walking around and I counted two Sephoras and a Mac store. So Cat would love bits and pieces of it. <laughs> but, you know, there's tons of shopping to do. And you come and you shop and then you go, you know, you go drink and listen to music and that kind of stuff. So... Fremont Street is four um, t-shirts for 20 bucks, and the strip is Gucci. Yeah. But they have beautiful shoes. So, yes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you have a chance to come to Vegas, honestly, I would try and do it in association with something else. Um, the first time I came to Vegas, I also came for MineCon. So I was doing something, you know, I had something I was doing during the day, and then Haley and I would go out and, you know, explore and whatnot for the night. And so that really works. And I think if you have the opportunity to come down for a convention, be it an anime convention or a trade convention of some sort, it's a lot of fun. And there's a lot it has to offer if you can, you know, avoid the rat holes <laughs> or the, uh, the, the free limo rides. Yeah. So speaking of the free limo rides, it's, <laughs> there are some survival tactics for Vegas that... Um, you should really kind of know about when you're coming down here. And the first one is Vegas is not a trip. You don't go to Vegas as a trip. You go on an expedition <laughs> to Vegas. You're going to be walking a lot or you're going to be paying for a lot of taxi rides. So a good pair of shoes, you know, nice, comfortable clothes, some supplies, water. A comfortable water bottle, something that you can carry easily but carry a lot of water. 
Yeah, and make sure you have plenty of cash because there's a lot of places that need it. Um, they, they are pretty friendly with the, with the card, but it's just easier for cash to run around. Um, and another thing, it's, it's if you can come down with a group of friends that you, know, that you are, would be comfortable going to a strip club with, you can have a much better you know, enjoy, enjoyment and um, Even if you fun. Don't. Even if you don't go to the strip club, it's like the people you like getting drunk with and can be crazy with, but won't let you do anything really stupid. Yeah, surprisingly, there is a lot of water in Vegas, and you do not want to take a drink in any of it. It's all kind of icky. Yeah, there are ponds and pools and whatnot. There's not a single water fountain I've found. Not a single water fountain. But there are slushy shops, and apparently that makes up for it. <laughs> yeah, but as Tyson uh, instructed me, the smaller the drink, the more potent. If you go for the yard long, they usually have very little alcohol in them. Yeah, and there are some places you can ask to get no alcohol if you really are crazy like that. You know, it's like this guy who doesn't drink. Um, but a lot of it is, is just, you know, go go to Vegas with a plan of what you kind of want to do. You know, do your research, run around, yeah, learn where to park, figure out how you're going to get around. This is kind of a, you know, sort of a tactical battle that you got to sort of plan for. You know, you got to figure out what you want to do, how much you want to spend, what you want to do, and that kind of stuff, and how much time you want to take. Yeah, and give yourself a lot of time because it is a spectacle, and there's a lot to take in, and things are further than you expect them to be if you look at them on the map. And remember, the M&M shop and the gift shop at Treasure Island both close at 10 o'clock. So make sure you do your shopping early and make sure you, you schedule all your booze drinking towards the evening. And scope out where you're going to eat because most of the good restaurants that have like real food close at the same time around 10 and all you've got left pretty much for fare after 10 is pizza and pretzels. Yep, or unless you want to go to a strip club and get steak. Come to Vegas, have fun. Make sure you come with people you can have fun with. Vegas really depends on the people you're with and how much fun you can have with them. Yep, so if you have a blast with people normally, round them up and bring them on down. Uh, airfare is usually pretty inexpensive. You can sometimes get special deals or if you have airline miles, you can get it get over here for relatively cheap. We do, rec you know, I do recommend that you, you know, rent a car. They're, they usually rent them by the day and you can get around pretty easy. Or if you want, I mean, there are buses, there are shuttles, there are cabs. Um, you know, if you don't want to do the expense of renting a car and you're willing to walk. Uh, the first time I was in Vegas, we didn't have a car and we did just fine. We had a lot of fun with that one. Yeah, and if you're if you are staying in one of the hotels in the area, that would probably be you know you just stay at the hotel and they'll pretty much take care of you. There's a lot of shuttle services from hotel hotel to hotel, and a lot of stuff like that. And if the hotel's on the strip, that means pretty much everything's in walking distance. We stayed at the Mandalay and we were able to walk pretty much everywhere that we wanted to go on the strip. And if not, there was a shuttle. Yeah. So, you know, if you got the money. Um, and, and, another, and another big thing, don't go to Vegas broke. I've done this twice now, and both times I've been broke. And there's not, it really limits the availability of options and what you can actually get away with. But you can still have fun if you're with people that you can have an enjoyable time with. 
You'll need at least enough money to get a couple slushy alcoholic drinks and dance down Fremont Street with the strippers. And it's, it's a good time, can be had by all. Remember, everything starts at about, everything is either $6, $15, or $20. So assume that. Yep. So if you have any great stories of adventure in Vegas that you want to share with us that you think are pretty neat, or if there's uh, a neat place that you have found that, you know, that we should mention, wrap that up in an email and send it to neatstuffpodcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. And if you want to check out our past episodes, you can head over to neatstuffpodcast.com where we have the... Where we have our show notes, past episodes, and all of the contact info, fun stuff there. Check it out. So, from the Neat Stuff crew, my name is Devin. This is Tyson. And this is Mom Sheree. Have a great... No, it's not a week. Crap. Um, We are back, baby, and you can't stop us. Woo! Watch my, listen to my sons, please. It makes us feel better. Bye. Picking me apart, you strip my heart to pieces. Saying it's not fair Can't say I care Your yesterday's news I'm free Neat Stuff Podcast is brought to you by Desert Bus, the Perm Edition Don't have eight hours to drive? How about one? Same featureless highway off to a podunk town in the middle of nowhere it's for those who don't have enough time to play Desert Bus. I'll stick the kick and deeper, now you know how it feels. Crying till you're blue, I've got a something for you. I'm all over you, you're yesterday's news. Connected to Las Vegas, the railroad... <laughs> the rail, shut up. So it wasn't until the uh, ra- the railroad, the railroad, rail, rail, rail. 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 rail.